Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and uh, open with me at this time to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 4. Uh, Christmas is just a day away, and uh, today we finish up our Advent series on the book of Ruth. And I, I really hope that you've enjoyed this series as much as I has, have, as we've uh, really looked deep into the Old Testament story of Ruth. And as we've looked into that, we've found the reflection of the Christmas story staring right back up at us. Uh, By way of review, in week number one, we saw that Ruth is the story of a young woman who made a radical commitment of faith to God, and then she journeyed to Bethlehem where she gave birth to a child who had changed the world. That's the story of Ruth. But you say, well, wait a second. That sounds a lot like the story of Christmas as well. That sounds like Mary. And you're right. It's an identical description of both Ruth and Mary. And then in our second week in chapter 2, we met Boaz. And in chapter 2, we saw that Ruth is also the story of a righteous man who offered kindness protection and provision to a young woman in her time of need. You go, well, well, wait a second. Okay, I know that's Boaz, but that sounds an awful lot like Joseph in the Christmas story. And you're right. Same story. Different times, different people. And then in week three, last week, we saw that Ruth is also the story of a kinsman redeemer who redeemed his beloved from a desperate situation at great cost to himself. And you go, well, wait, that's also a description of Jesus. That's Jesus in the Christmas story. And so now as we come to our final week and uh, the final chapter in the book of Ruth, today we see that the book of Ruth is also the story of a child in the line of Judah who was born as a redeemer in fulfillment of the prophecies leading up to Messiah. And at this point, your head is spinning. You're going, wait, are we talking Ruth here or are we talking Christmas? It sounds the same. It is, and it's meant to be. So in the book of Ruth, chapter 4, and we'll begin by reading verse 13. Will you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Ruth, chapter 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look deep into chapter 4 of Ruth this morning, Lord, I pray that you will help us to see the Christmas story so beautifully reflected and these events that happened so many years, even before Jesus was born. Bless our hearts through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So in Ruth chapter 1, as you may recall, we, we saw how Naomi left Bethlehem and moved to the country of Moab. And then after her husbands and sons died there, she returned to Bethlehem with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And when the townspeople recognized her, they all exclaimed, can this be Naomi? And do you remember what Naomi said? She said, don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara, 
because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. And so the book of Ruth begins with the emptying of Naomi. But then as we've seen through through the remaining chapters, we've seen the Lord slowly restoring Naomi, right? First, her daughter-in-law, Ruth, comes back to Bethlehem with her. So beautiful. And then next, the Lord worked through various circumstances to bring Ruth and Boaz together. And it's, once again, just so happened, right? We know this is God. Just so happened that Boaz was a close relative of Naomi's deceased husband, which made him a kinsman redeemer. In other words, someone who could marry into the family and carry on the family line. We saw how Ruth and Boaz fell in love, and when we left the story last week, right, Boaz had just cleared the final legal hurdle that stood in the way of him marrying Ruth and redeeming Naomi's family. But even with all that's happened, there's still one thing missing, right? Because this story will not be complete unless Ruth bears Boaz a son to carry on the family name. And so the big question remains, will Ruth have a son? Can Ruth even bear children? Remember, she was married before for 10 years, and she never had any children then. What if Ruth is barren? And there have been a number of surprises in our story along the way, haven't there? But the writer has left the biggest surprise of all for last. We just have to work through a few more details uh, to get there. There's an outline in your worship guide. I would encourage you to take that out. It will help you to follow along as we close out this chapter in the book of Ruth. The first thing we learn is that this child who will be born is going to be born in the line of Judah. Born in the line of Judah. Boaz has just declared himself the legal redeemer of Naomi's family. And now the elders and and those at the town gate, they, they all respond as witnesses. And we see two things in their response here. There is, first of all, their prayer for a blessed future, but then also the reminder of a scandalous past. So first, let's look at the blessed future they pray for for Boaz and Ruth. We're picking the story up in chapter 4, verse 11. Then the elders and all those at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And the people pray for two things here. First, they pray that the Lord will make Ruth like Rachel and Leah. This is a prayer for, for not just fruitfulness, for great fruitfulness in marriage. Why? Because Rachel and Leah, they were Jacob's wives who along with their handmaidens gave birth to the 12 tribes of Israel. Together they built up the whole house of Israel. And now the townspeople pray that Ruth would do the same all by herself. They are praying for great fruitfulness. 
And then secondly, they're praying that Boaz will have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Ephrathah is just another name uh, for, for Bethlehem. And so what they're praying is that Boaz's name, Boaz, we're praying your name will always be known in this town, right? As long as there's the Bethlehem, people are going to remember Boaz. That's their prayer. You know what? God answered these prayers in ways far beyond what the people there that day could ever have imagined. Rachel and Leah gave birth to what? The 12 tribes of Israel. Ruth will give birth to a child. And one of that child's descendants would form a new Israel. A new people of God drawing from every tribe, people, language, nation, in the whole world. And Boaz would not only be famous in Bethlehem, he would be famous the whole world over. In fact, over 3,000 years later, he would even be talked about right here in our church on Sunday morning during Advent season. We're still talking about him on the other side of the world. Who could ever have foreseen that? First, the people pray for a blessed future for Boaz and Ruth and how God mightily answered that prayer. However, their words also bring back reminders of a scandalous past. Look at verse 12 with me now. They go on, Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. This is also a prayer for fruitfulness in marriage. Uh, Judah's son Perez became a great and numerous people. But with the mention of Tamar, there is also the reminder of scandal. We're not going to go back there right now, but you can read Tamar's story in the book of Genesis chapter 38. Tamar married one of Judah's sons, but her husband died before she had any children. Wait a second, doesn't that sound familiar? Isn't that exactly what happened to Ruth? Her husband died before she had any children. Judah had two other sons who could have acted as kinsmen redeemers for her. But the first one refused, and then Judah would not let the other son fulfill his responsibility. So what's a girl to do? Tamar took matters into her own hands, and you can certainly question her methods here. She disguised herself as a prostitute, and she became pregnant by her own father-in-law, Judah. She gave birth to twin boys, the most famous of which was named Paris. And so, yeah, there is scandal in the line of Judah, but there was also great promise. Because one of the early prophecies in Scripture predicted that when the Messiah came, he would come through the line of Judah. We read in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes. Who? The Messiah. Until the Messiah comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. Boaz is in the line of Judah. He is descended from Tamar and Perez. And so his child will be a child of promise. He will be a child with a blessed future, but also with a scandalous past. 
that's the first thing we learn about the son born to Ruth and Boaz. He was born in the line of Judah. So important when you look at the whole sweep of Scripture. Secondly, we learn that he was born as a redeemer. He was born as a redeemer. We see this in uh, picking up in verse 13 now. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Now, we are never specifically told that Ruth was barren. We have some clues here, don't we? We know that she was unable to conceive children before, the 10 years she was married before. Now we learn that the Lord enabled her. In other words, the Lord was involved in some special way in the birth of this child. The Lord enabled her to conceive. And so just as in the Christmas story, what do we have? We have a miracle. We have God intervening. There's a miraculous conception in the book of Ruth. But notice the, the, the difference between Ruth and the Christmas story. When you put Ruth chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 1 side by side. Let's go back to Ruth 4.13 again. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. Then he went to her. And the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. What do we read in Matthew 1? When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. The two passages, they're similar in wording, but there's one big difference. Did you catch it? Boaz went to Ruth. Okay, that means he went to her. They, they, they came together as husband and wife. Boaz went to Ruth, and then the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. But Joseph, Joseph did not go to Mary. Joseph had no union with Mary until after she gave birth to a son. And so the Lord enabled Ruth to conceive with Boaz. But the Lord enabled Mary to conceive as a virgin without any help from a husband. Now that is truly a miraculous conception. Not only was there a miraculous conception, but this child born to Ruth and Boaz was born as a child redeemer. Born as a child redeemer. Look at verses 14 and 15 now. The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. At this point, it's unclear. She Are they talking about Boaz, or are they talking about the son? But follow along. He's not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel, Boaz or the son. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age, Boaz or the son. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. They're talking about the son. They're talking about the son who's been born. Even though Boaz has already fulfilled his role as kinsman redeemer, this child is also considered a kinsman redeemer for Naomi. It is this child who will renew her life and sustain her in her old age. Also notice the prayer for this child. The elders had prayed that Boaz would become famous in Bethlehem. That's cool. 
Now the women pray that this newborn baby will become famous throughout all of Israel. It, it gets bigger as they pray. And look at how Ruth is also praised in the highest of terms. She is described as the one who loves Naomi, and she is better to her than seven sons. You put all this together, and the expectations are set sky high for this child. Born in the line of Judah, Judah, born as a child redeemer. And then in verses 16 and 17, we come to what are probably the most touching verses in the whole book of Ruth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Naomi has a son. The same Naomi who returned to Bethlehem empty is now fulfilled as she cradles baby Obed on her lap and takes care of him. She's no longer called Mara, which means bitter. God has made her Naomi again, which means pleasant. Naomi has a son. Born in the line of Judah. Born as a child redeemer. But did you notice that last sentence in verse 17? Obed was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And it slips out so quietly, so casually, you barely even notice it at first. But folks, this is it. This is the big surprise, okay? This is the big reveal. This is the whole reason why the story is being told in the first place. Why? Because Obed, the son of Boaz and Ruth, is none other than the grandfather of King David. And so Ruth is not only the story of a child who was born as a redeemer in the line of Judah, it is also a story about the birth of a king. And just in case you missed it in verse 17, okay, the story ends now with the extended genealogy of David. Verses 18 through 22, starting with who else? None other than Perez. We saw him earlier. Perez, son of Judah. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David. It's interesting. The book of Ruth begins when? In the days of the judges, when there was no king. And then Ruth ends with the birth of David, the first true king of Israel. See, that's the rest of the story that Boaz and Ruth never knew in their lifetime. But the writer of Ruth knows this, and he passes it on to us. But it gets even better. I know it feels like one of those commercials. Wait, there's more, right? But it gets even better, right? Because there's an even bigger rest of the story here that not even the writer of Ruth knew at the time. He didn't even know this one. 
And that's because the genealogy of Boaz and David is also the genealogy of Christ. And even if you've never read the book of Ruth before, that genealogy in chapter 4, as I was reading it through, you you might have said, that sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? The reason it sounds familiar is because it's part of Jesus' genealogy in the Gospel of Matthew. Let me read you from Matthew chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. You're going to say, we just read that from Ruth. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Sound familiar? Ram, the father of Amminadab. Amminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. We just read this. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. It's all there, folks, right there in the genealogy of Christ. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Jesus is the child born in the line of Judah with a blessed future and a scandalous past. He came to die for our sins, and he was not ashamed to identify with sinful humanity. Jesus is the child with a miraculous conception who is born as a redeemer for all all who would believe in him. And Jesus is the son of David. He is the true king of Israel. He is king of kings and lord of lords. So guess what? The book of Ruth really is a Christmas story, isn't it? It's the story of a young woman who made a radical commitment of faith to God and then journeyed to Bethlehem, where she gave birth to a child who would change the world. It is the story of a righteous man who offered kindness, protection, and provision to a young woman in her time of need. It is the story of a kinsman redeemer who redeemed his beloved from a desperate situation at great cost to himself. And it is the story of a child in the line of Judah who is born as a redeemer in fulfillment of the prophecies leading up to Messiah. Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz, they didn't know it. But they were part of a story much bigger than themselves. God was working quietly behind the scenes, preparing the way for Jesus to be born at Christmas. You know what? You and I are also part of a story much bigger than ourselves. See, we too are part of the Christmas story because Jesus came to be our Savior. As the angel told the shepherds that first Christmas Eve, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, a great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That is the story of Ruth. And that is the story of Christmas. Jesus is born. He is our Messiah, Redeemer, and King. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this beautiful story tucked away in the Old Testament. Just four little chapters. Read the whole story in under 10 minutes. 
this beautiful story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz, but now also of Obed, the son who was born to Boaz and Ruth, the son who was the grandfather of King David, the continuation of the line leading up to Jesus, our Savior, born to Joseph and Mary on Christmas Day. Ruth really is a Christmas story, and we thank you, Lord, for the beautiful parallels we see in it. May they touch our hearts as we celebrate you, Lord Jesus, our Savior, this season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.